Hello, I'm Thomas Leister and I'm the lead partner of the Osborne Clark Workforce Solutions team in Germany. I'm joined by my colleagues Olivia Sinfield, who is a partner specializing in employment law in the UK, and Jochen Sievers, who is a founding partner in our Amsterdam office and also specializes in workforce solutions. Welcome to the second part of the Global Workforce Solutions Takeaway podcast episode where we will continue to discuss the current employment status issues in different countries for contingent workers. Over to Olivia. So just m moving the conversation on, a lot of our listeners hearing all of that will be really concerned about getting this wrong in, in any of our three jurisdictions. Um, and we'll be wondering, well, what are the consequences of uh, mislabeling or worker classification? I wonder if you can shed any, any light on that. Uh, turning to you first, Thomas. Thank you, Olivia. Yeah, the legal consequences of the incorrect qualification, um, there are mainly four topics. If the contractual relationship is implemented wrongly, not as a true independent contractor relationship, but as an employment relationship, it's called pseudo-independence or worker misclassification. And the legal consequences concern employment law, social security law, tax law, and criminal law. With respect to employment law, the worker will be seen as an employee. And that means the worker um, will refer to labor law and employment protection provisions. That means um, protection against unfair dismissal, vacation, um, continued uh, remuneration payment in case of sickness. It might be that the worker needs to be added to a company pension plan. So the full employee protection. Um, the, the second consequence is social security law, and that is where, um, where the financial risk lies. Um, the employer will have to pay social insurance contributions retroactively for the current as well as for the last four years. In case intent is given, and based on our experience, authorities and courts um, say intent is given um, in most of the cases, uh, social insurance contributions have to be paid for the last 30 years. The employer's obligation includes on the one hand the employer's own contributions. On the other hand, the employer has to pay the employee's contributions if a deduction from the employee's remuneration cannot be performed out of the next three salary payments. In practice, this means the employer, the company, has to pay the full Social Security contributions. Um, at the moment, the, the, the highest amount is about 14,000 euros per year, um, and then you can um, assess for each year of service for each independent contractor that is a wrong contractor. Um, this is a high financial risk. Um, in addition to that, there can or there will be an interest rate of 12% per year, so very high. Um, the next consequence is tax law. Um, the German tax authorities may compel the employer to make up unpaid withholding taxes, wage taxes, and wrongfully deducted VAT concerning the last four years. The last point is the criminal law, and this is um, where the, the personal liability um, is, is uh, relevant. 
Um, an employer will be penalized with imprisonment of up to five years or with um, a penalty, um, a financial penalty as far as the employer withholds as an employer in employee's contribution to Social Security. And since there were no Social Security contributions paid because the parties thought it was an independent contractor, um, a criminal offense is given um, in relatively often. However, the question is whether it's it's done by um, intent. Um, we had a, um, a change in the German law. So um, with respect to criminal law, intent is um, quite difficult to, um, to decide. If the employer is a legal entity, as in most of the cases, the uh, statutory representatives, for example, the, the managing director of a, a German limited liability company is liable. Um, and in addition to that, tax fraud uh, as a further criminal offence might be given. So quite a lot of uh, consequences in Germany and therefore um, the, the risk of worker misclassification should be eliminated or at least reduced <clears throat> that from the German side. Over to you, Joho. Yes, thank you, Thomas. Um, yeah, a, a lot of the things that you have said, I would say 95% is also applicable in the Netherlands. So I'm not repeating all of that. So there are civil consequences, tax consequences, in some exceptional cases, even criminal law and social security consequences uh, coming from misclassification. Uh, maybe just something specific for the Netherlands is that due to, due to the legislation, which wasn't very easy to enforce in practice, the government has basically set legislation and the enforcement on, uh, on some sort of pause, meaning that only um, evidently um, intentional cases where where uh, companies uh, intentionally uh, hire independent contractors while knowing these are employees enforcement might take place and will take place by the by for example the the the, the tax authorities but in all other cases which is like 99 percent uh, there isn't a big risk at the moment uh, uh, of misclassification because the government has announced a new legislation on this point and basically everyone here is waiting uh, for that to come. So it's uh, it's a risk, but these days it's not, not a high risk, to be honest, uh, meaning that we see everything happening in practice right now. It's still important for our clients and listeners uh, to have their contracts in order and to understand the risks, but the enforcement is quite low, to be honest. Uh, so back to you, Olivia. Yeah, thanks very much. And I'd say, you know, ditto um, in terms of financial implications relating to things like tax, minimum wage, paid holidays and, and pension contributions. Um, I'll just talk to one of these that's specific to the UK and that's a holiday. Um, because worker entitlement in respect of annual leave has really been under the spotlight um, here in the UK because of some really tricky provisions relating to holiday pay and leave that uh, we have to navigate for workers. So we're really eagerly awaiting a Supreme Court decision literally any day now in the Harper case, which was uh, heard back in November, which will give clarification for part year workers and also for those on other other forms of zero hours contracts such as, as as well as temps and umbrella workers. Um, 
the stakes have also got higher on the uh, holiday pay front in the UK as a result of a judgment recently in the long running Pimlico Plumbers case, which you may have heard of. So if someone is incorrectly labelled as a contractor and then found to be a worker, we've been really vexed until recently by the question of how much compensation they're entitled to in respect of unpaid annual leave. Um, we're vexed no more because the Court of Appeal in the Pimlico uh, Plumbers case ruled that holiday pay or um, at least what we call Euro leave pay, so for, for four weeks of the year, can be claimed back for the entire period of the engagement, not just for the two year period relevant to a deduction from wages claims, which has for obviously obvious reasons really upped the ante. Um, I think because of the implications of that decision, it probably will be appealed so it's one to watch out for. Uh, just kind of crystal ball gazing looking forwards uh, there are also significant implications um, in respect of worker status because we are expecting to see more generous gifting of rights to workers um, uh, coming through the system recognising the waning of supremacy if you like of that employer employee traditional model of working. Um, just to mention one example, the, the employment bill, which may be published, we're hoping will be published this year, is expected to introduce new rights for workers with variable hours to request a more stable and predictable contract after a 26 week service. Um, and we're also expecting that it'll introduce a right for workers to receive reasonable notice of working hours and be compensated when, for example, shifts are cancelled without notice. And um, so uh, the implications of uh, in respect to status are far reaching and uh, finally but no way least is uh, this year in the UK we have an additional bank holiday uh, to celebrate the Queen's pl Platinum Jubilee so employees and workers will enjoy a four-day weekend. Uh, ce celebrations may be slightly more mooted for independent contractors. So uh, finally both I guess this leads us to the ultimate question of well what can or should be done about this? Um, how can the risk of worker misclassification, if it can, be eliminated or, or somewhat reduced in uh, our, our various jurisdictions? We'll stick with the running order. So, Thomas, over to you. OK, thank you, Olivia. So it's it's difficult to, to eliminate the risk of worker misclassification. Um, if you would like to do it, then you should not engage independent contractors, but that's that's not a, a real solution uh, because independent contractors are very important. Um, so we, we need to find another solution. Um, what you can do in Germany is you can uh, start an inquiry proceeding and that means um, the company and the independent contractor can file an application with the German pension insurance, the Deutsche Rentenversicherung, and then this authority will decide on the status of the worker. So whether it's um, an independent contractor or um, a dependent employee. The difficulty about this inquiry proceeding is um, the authority that is interested in getting more and more social security contributions will decide on the status. So in a lot of cases, the decision will be it's a dependent employment relationship. Um, 
there are other disadvantages. Um, so it is in theory possible. It's not used that often. Um, what you should keep in mind is that as of 1st April 2022, there will be some uh, formal changes to the uh, inquiry proceeding. Um, so not with respect to the main question, is this worker an independent contractor or an employee? Um, so if you, if you can't rely on this official uh, proceeding, um, what can you do as a company? Um, you can take care of um, independent contractor compliance and think about um, implementing um, a compliance system. Um, and this depends on the, the amount of workers that you would like to engage, the countries that you would like to serve, um, the, the risk profile. Um, so um, there is no one size fits all um, system. Um, if you have less budget, you can um, implement um, a smaller one, but uh, it will definitely help. So proper contracts, external advice, um, checking the day-to-day -day execution, that will definitely help. Um, and at least um, you are more um, sensible um, for the question, is it an independent contractor or a dependent employee? That's from Germany. Over to the Netherlands. Thank you, Thomas. A lot of the things you have said apply to the Netherlands as well. So maybe to add, uh, yeah, the eliminating risk can only be done by hiring employees, which isn't, isn't really uh, realistic for, 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 uh, for all companies. Some companies may be get away with hiring employees only, and then there can never be a misclassification. Um, it's important if the company works with in independent contractors, as Thomas already said, to perform a thorough due diligence inquiry. As I also said uh, before, the Dutch government has provided uh, handy tools that our listeners can use with a lot of questions that can be asked, it can be answered, and then will give some sort of estimation on how likely yeah, the worker is is uh, uh, either an employee or or an independent contractor. Uh, and what's also important to add to what Thomas already said is that in the Netherlands, a new legislation is coming up. So it's important to keep an eye on that or engage with us uh, to, uh, to, 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 to remain updated on, uh, on law changes, uh, especially uh, about reduction of the risk. Uh, so more is coming, more is to come. And I'm happy to uh, talk about that when it's uh, when it's uh, when it's finalized. Thank you. Thanks very much. And I think by way of a, a final word, um, ultimately, certainly in the UK, what needs to be done to bring that much needed clarity to the situation will sit at policy level and us being gifted greater clarity on the different status of workers and self-employed. Um, 
you know, given the current and ongoing uncertainty around the gig economy cases, uh, like those that we've seen concerning Uber, delivery drivers, we, we really very much hope that the government will act on the recommendations of the 2017 Taylor Review of Modern Working Practices. Feels like that's been kicking around for a while now, um, but will act to make it clearer how worker status should be distinguished and also to establish a single enforcement body um, for employment rights. But to be honest, uh, at least in the UK, it certainly feels unlikely that this will happen anytime soon. So that's it from us. Thank you very much for tuning in and do watch out for other podcasts within this series discussing other topical issues relevant to the workforce solutions sector. So it's a goodbye from the UK, from Germany and from the Netherlands.